Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So on Thursday morning, Jeremy Layton, our friend, tweeted out, hey, the Bears are expecting to play, or the starters are expecting to play two series, six to ten plays. That, 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 that doesn't say much about the Bears. Doesn't say much about our expectations. Doesn't say, you know, we expect to be failing, which, of course, I responded in my own usual positive way. And I'm like, maybe, and this is weird, maybe we – Maybe the Bears will score 14 points in 10 plays. That's all we need. We need 10 plays to score 14 points. Maybe we are now a fine, a finely tuned machine. But the thing of it is, and I understand, you know, everything that has happened over the last number of years, over the last decade or so, there hasn't been a lot of positivity around the Chicago Bears. And it's understandable. And so everybody's immediately pessimistic. Anytime they see anything like that, like, hey, we're going to play 10 plays, like oh, two, three and outs, three, three and out. Like, maybe let's change the mindset. And I know a lot of this is going to depend on the Bears changing our mindset this way. The Bears need to show us that this expectation of success is to be rewarded. But at the same time, like, you choose how you perceive these things. I don't know. I listen, I realize I'm a, a toxically positive person. Maybe we're going to be okay. That's just that's just my message. As you're listening, hear me to hear listening to me here today. But in any event, I've got it. I'm positive that the show is going to be great. So, Sammy, why don't we go ahead and start it? Turn up your volume, your volume, because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back, Justin Fields making magic happen. The sickest Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Thank you to everybody tuning in here to the sick podcast with Adam Rank. We have got a great show for you today. Clay Harbor is going to be joining us here in a matter of moments. Friend of the show, longtime Bears fan, former NFLer. He's going to be coming in to give his insights. He's been going around. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. You certainly need to. Instagram works as well. He's been hitting all the spots. He, of course, played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's hitting up their training camp. He's been in Philadelphia. So I think we're going to get an opportunity to get some perspective of where the Bears stack up against those teams. And, of course, we're going to be previewing the Thursday night game. That's right. The, 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 the podcast is dropping a little bit earlier today for a preview of the Bears and Seahawks. It's coming out on a short on a short week. Now, of course, you can listen to the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on AM 1530 WCKG Chicago 
every Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Central. Of course, following that, the No Name Pod it comes right after us with Olin Krutz and Jason McKee. A cover two of Bears coverage like you will not find anywhere else. So we appreciate you checking us out. And by the way, uh, you can shop the Sick Podcast with Adam Ray Collection for all your sickest bear merch. Link is available on the YouTube description or go to sickattire.com. And if you're watching the show on YouTube, you'll see I'm wearing my Fields Day t-shirt because it feels appropriate because we do have a game, a, a short turnaround uh, that typically we don't like during the regular season. During the preseason, I don't think it's that big of a detriment. And to help break it down for us is a man I was just talking about a moment ago, friend of the show. And by the way, I saw him, I, I think I saw him on Keeping It 100. By the way, congratulations to our friends over at Keeping It 100. Their 100th episode on Wednesday night. Congratulations to Shane and Phil, the great work that they do. And I think Clay was on that show. Let's bring him on right now because I got to get to the – were you on? Were you on with our with my boys over at the Tick Never Live? I was on with them, the 100th show of Keeping It 100. We had, a, we had a lot to discuss, talked a lot of bears, had a good time. You know, I, I noticed that they invited you to the 100th show. Rank did not get an invite. I was not – I was not – it seemed like a momentous occasion. It seemed like something like maybe they would invite me along. Nope, I saw that Clay Harper was on it. I, I boycotted it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. You know, that, that was their decision. Don't, don't take it out on me, Adam. I'm not going to take it out on you. By the way, I can read a depth chart. I know how this goes. Like, I, it's very simple. It's like football. It's like, who's ahead of who? When I look at a depth chart of great guests for Bears podcast, Clay Harbor is definitely above me. So that's fine. Listen, I can understand I that. I disagree. No, no, no. Listen, it's, it's the absolute truth. You've been a delight. Like, when I was in Chicago, you know, uh, I saw you in studio – Oh my gosh, I forget the guy's name. Oh my god, who were whose show were you on that Wednesday David night? Kaplan. Kaplan, yeah, you're on Kaplan's show. Kaplan does a great job, by the way. Yeah. I was jealous of, of Kaplan's uh of ja his jacket. He looked very sharp. A bald man who looks sharper than me. I again, I'm very, I'm very insecure apparently today. But uh, you've been making the rounds, you've been doing some stuff. How is camping going? How how has this been? Because I like I mentioned, you've been going to a number of different spots. Uh, how's this training camp seems amazing for you. Oh man. I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'll be honest. It's fun. I love football. I love watching the game. I love being around it. And these are guys like a lot of them are guys that I've played with. Yeah. So obviously I'm watching the camp. I'm seeing how they're doing. You know, I'm, I'm tweeting out to the fans what I'm seeing. We also get to catch up with these guys. These are guys I used to play, used to go to battle with, and it's really cool to catch up with them. And the coaches today, the coaches today, I, I get to go to the side and talk to Doug Peterson talk about our old days in Philly, you know, I'd say, Hey Doug, you know, if you need a emergency tight end, I can still play. Yeah. Like, we might use you a linebacker. Now you're looking like you're bulked <laughs> up. And I say, Hey, I'll play some linebacker too, Doug. Seeing old guys like press Taylor, their offensive coordinator was a young intern was like the ball boy back when I was in Philly. And now he's an offensive coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter, offensive assistant was my oh, offensive yeah. coordinator in Detroit. It's being able to talk and connect with all these guys, people close to the organization, as well as watch that football it's all been amazing, and it's really a family environment with some of these teams that you played with, and they really welcome you in, and it's just really been good to see everybody as well as be around the game again, and that's what I really love. I love football. I love watching it. I love talking about it. I love playing it, and obviously my body doesn't love me playing it anymore, so no. I'm back with the talking about it part. Yeah, at some point it goes. You don't you don't think it is. You're like, I'm gonna be this way forever. When you're in your early 20s, you're like, I'm gonna feel this way forever. Like a no big deal. And then at some point you hit a wall and 
you know, then we walk around and we talk about it and it's a lot of fun. And I, I think you've been doing great. I, I, again, like, I, I don't know if you want to go into uh, coaching or sports broadcasting or anything like that, but you've been crushing it, uh, doing a lot of the stuff, especially from training camps. I think that, how does it feel though? Because I know that you made a video of uh, Justin Fields miss that Barstool picked up and of course used it to, to slam Justin Fields. What does it feel like being a part of the media now? Like you're, you're part of the media. How does that feel? Yeah. To answer your first question, I do any way I can be involved in football. I'd love to be in the sports broadcasting world. I would love to be on a coaching staff at some point. So either one of those is something I'm really striving to do and improve at both of them as far as my knowledge of the game. And I think that that helps with either aspect of, you know, what I can do as far as a training camps, coaching or being a member of the media. But watching that play, I mean, that kind of was upsetting for me because I didn't, yeah. it was, wasn't my intention to slam right. Fields. I was showing a bunch of different plays. Yeah. And I said the worst play of the day, which Fields had a couple bad plays, he had some really good plays. And out of context, Barstool takes it. Um, NFL memes has got millions of followers. They both oh, take God. this video and say, oh, it looks like Justin Field is going to have a great season this year. And I'm like, okay, well, you didn't, you took this completely out of context. So now you're making it seem like every throw he's throwing is just a miss, a miss, a miss. And that's not the case. So that was, uh, that was kind of upsetting for me. I don't want to be a guy that is negative. I like to be more, I thought, like, like you, I like to focus more on the positive things that I see out there in a guy yeah. and things, there are things that he can obviously improve on, but I like to focus more. Hey, hey, this guy's doing a good job of this. This guy's doing a good job of this. He needs to improve on this, but I saw this. It looked good. Yeah, it's one of those things. And I'm, I'm friendly with the people at uh, NFL Memes. And I talk, you know, I talk to them. I'm like, listen, like, you got to understand, like, the whole, the whole point of what you were doing was, like, he missed this throw, which is going to happen in training camp. It's going to happen in games. And then he turns around. They run the same play, and he hits it. Like, that – that nuance is not something that we're seeing because everybody wants to rush to make the jokes and do things like that. And, you know, and it's one of the things too, like people get upset when, and this is an NFL policy. This is not a team policy. Don't blame the bears. Don't blame the Jags or anybody. The NFL does not want training camp footage out there. It is a privilege to be there. They're allowing fans in and having access like never before. But one of the reasons why, you do that is because of situations like this. Like it's not fair to these to any player on any team. Like Trey Lance, I've seen it for Trey Lance. We saw it happen to Tua during the offseason. And it's just like, oh my gosh, you guys, like settle down. Like these are the kind of things like you go watch golfers practice, you know, they're gonna hit their duffs and things like that. So I'm sorry yeah. that you got you got you got thrown into it, but I'm curious to hear how you felt about the bears camp as they you've been there a number of times. Yeah. How have you charted their progress? How are the bears looking? What are your observations? And of course, coming off the first preseason game, what's your read on the Chicago bears right now? You know, I think they're getting better. And that's, and that's what I said. I, so I was there for the first day of pads and that's the day the media, every, the media is saying, you know, the world is ending. The sky is falling. <laughs> you know, this team's not going to move the ball a foot, you know, come the regular season for as long as I've played football. The first day of pass, the defense will win. I don't yeah. care if I was with New England Patriots. The defense won the first day of pads. The offense, it takes some time to gel together when you go from running around in your underwear to having your full pads on. It's a different game. 
offense will catch up. The offense did catch up, and they started getting better, and they started making some some bigger runs and bigger plays. So I thought the Bears improved. And what I've said is this. I'm not seeing an elite offense. And, I, I mean, I watch both sides of the ball, but in my, I'm an offensive guy. That's what I like to yeah. study. I play tight end, wide receiver. I love watching the offensive line, the tight ends, a quarterback, the offensive guy. But as a whole, they've improved. And I know people are picking them so poorly. I think they're going to be better than people say. People say they, they don't got any weapons. Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. I know I've been getting a lot of flack for my praise of Cole Komet because, <laughs> of, you know, for some reason, pe- people don't realize that last year he had 60 catches. And it's crazy. Yes. Nobody, people not know that? No. I like this uh, 40 catches and 200 yards just hasn't performed at all. It's not the case. Yeah. This guy's a good player, and he's going to make more plays this year. It's only his third season. He's like 24 years old. And you got Darnell Mooney, still a young guy. David Montgomery, in my opinion. Oh, he only averaged 3.8 yards a carry. This guy was getting hit. Not 80, I don't know, 80% of the time he's getting hit at, at, at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. So, and then they talk about the offensive line. They're the PFF, worst offensive line in the league, ranked him 32 yeah. out of 32. I don't see that. I've played with Riley Reef. Riley Reef's a veteran guy. He's got pride. He's going to make sure this line's in good, good condition. Schofield. I know Schofield. Schofield's a good player. He's not going to let this line be in, in a bad position. Braxton Jones, I'm watching him at practice. He's one of the guys I'm interested in. He's holding his own. I'm watching two-minute drill. I'm watching, watching pass rush. He's blocking Robert Quinn. It's not like he's like not practicing against a good player. He's blocking Robert Quinn. These guys are bad. So I don't like how people are pigeonholing the Bears into this poor offensive team, a team that's – when they, they have – but, I mean – you can like it because now they're going to fly under the radar and they're going to surprise some people. Yeah. So either way you look at it, but I think there should be more optimism than there is right now. Yeah. I'm curious too, you know, I don't know how much familiarity you have with uh, Luke Getze's offense or something like that, but I know that it takes tight ends, you know, a period of time to adjust. Like even Travis Kelsey, if you look at his first couple of seasons, wasn't anything spectacular. What is it about playing tight end that makes it so difficult to make that early splash where you see running backs come in, immediately have an impact? Wide receivers usually hit their stride in the second year. Why does it take a couple of seasons for a tight end to get going? Well, I think there's so much to it. You know, running back, it's kind of like it's more of just your instincts, right, and your and your physical ability. The tight end, you got to know a lot to be on the field a lot of different times because you got your enemy in protections too. you got to know the checks. If you're a move guy, you got to know different positions. You gotta you gotta know your route concepts, as well as the run game. You gotta be able to run block. You gotta know your combinations. You gotta know when you're one on one. You gotta be able to do it all. Thing I like about a guy like Cole Komet, Cole Komet is not a guy that you have to substitute in and out for certain plays. Watching Jags camp, I'm out here in Jacksonville, Florida, in my hotel room right now as we film this. I just left Jags camp. I love the Jags tight ends. They got four yeah. good ones. Totally. But they each have certain roles. Evan Ingram, you will mm-hmm. not, I promise you, you will not see Evan Ingram on the line of scrimmage and run the ball to his to the strength. That's not going to happen. Yeah. That's a tendency. That's a tendency. You will see him on the backside of a run. You will see him sift backwards, or you'll see him arc relief to a safety, release to a safety. When Chris Manhurts is in the game, you'll see them run the ball, or it's a play action where he blocks it's a tendency 
All yeah. these tendencies. I'm calling. I'm sitting with the media guys. I, I'm just looking at the tight ends. How do you know this play? I go, look, they, they got Luke Farrell and they got Chris Manhurts on the right in the wing. They're running power. Okay, now now you got um, Dan Arnold and you got Evan Ingram on the wing. Well, this is a pass or it's a backside of a run. There's just so many tendencies you create. Cole Komet is a guy that can block. You know, I know we've talked about this before, but do you know how big Cole Komet is? Oh, he's a monster. Yeah, I was kind of uh, – I got to see him in person the first time when I was at Bears camp a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy – I mean, you already thought he was big, but, yeah, he's kind of a monster. A lot of the people in the meet, national media that don't really know him, they think he's like a 6'3", 240-pound guy. I'm 6'3", 240-pound guy, you know, pretty decent-sized dude. I go on the field after a Bears practice. I turn around. I think the dude from Happy Gilmore's behind me. The guy <laughs> I believe that jacket belongs to Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> exactly. Six, six, seven, 260 pounds. He runs like a wide receiver. He's got good hands. He's had an up and down camp in team drills, but one-on-ones, nobody could guard him. Seven on seven, he's making plays. He's got to get better getting off of jams. But this guy will have a big year. A guy his size, I'm like, is this Gronk, Martellus Bennett? This guy's huge, can catch the ball, and he can block. Now you can run a play-action pass. And and it's not a play action pass with Evan Ingram on them when they're not going to they're not going to believe it. He can block. He's a willing blocker. He takes pride in it. You can run a play action pass to the strength, and he'll get behind the linebacker. The linebacker suck up. Funny story. I'm sitting at Bears camp. I'm talking to a random guy. I end up I'm sitting in the family and friends section this day, and um, I'm talking I'm like yeah you know I don't know about this guy. I like this guy. I don't know about this guy, and. Um, the guy asked me about Komet. I go, oh, I love Komet. I think Komet's going to be good. He goes, good. I'm Cole Komet's dad. Ah. So I'm next to Cole Komet's dad. No idea he's Cole Komet's dad. And uh, he was a great guy. And, you know, he was just echo- echoing some of the things that Cole thinks. You know, it's like Cole was not a fan of Nagy's offense. And he's really excited about Eberflus and Getze. And um, he's like, Cole loves blocking. He takes pride in it. He's he's a full tight end. And that's the thing you love to see as a guy that played the position. I want a guy that wants to block as well as get the stats. So Cole Komet, that's why he's one of my top 10 tight ends for this season moving forward. I think one of the big things for him is getting into the end zone. Last year we saw Jesper Horstead have an amazing catch against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, we think we had, um, God, who was it? Jesse James had a touchdown. Cole Komet didn't get into the end zone. And I think that's the big thing that was kind of why some people, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, might not be down with him as much. I look at a player like Robert Tunyon, who had success in this Packers offense two years ago before he was injured last season. He had, I think, 10 touchdowns. And the Packers More run a lot of, yeah, at least 10 touchdowns, double digits. They run a lot of 12 personnel. I really do believe that Cole Komet can have that breakout. I know this is, this, this is veering into fantasy talk a little bit, but I, I think that that Steelers game as well showed a lot too when Cole Komet was able to run down the seam. Are we going to see them taking more advantage of him and his skills this season than they did last year? Absolutely. There's not going to be as many substitutions. Like I said, tendencies. When you got Jimmy, <clears throat> you know, you got Jimmy Grandpa on the field, you, <laughs> you know, it was going to be a fade to Jimmy Grandpa. You know, you got just you got Horstead in there making some plays, but this year. It's going to be Cole Komet. They got two other guys. I love yeah. this. Your right. guys. You, Ryan O'Shaughnessy Griffin, is one of you. O'Shaughnessy. Those guys can play. They can both run. 
catch, and block. And the, all tight ends can't do that. They can do everything. They're not role guys that are pigeonholed into one thing. They can all do it all. They can all do everything you're asked as a tight end. So I love that. You can go 13 personnel. You can pound the rock. You can go 13 personnel. Now you can start slinging the rock a little bit, and you're not losing anything there because all these guys can do it all. You will see Cole Komet with more plays in the red zone because you're not taking them out for Jimmy Graham. You're yeah. not you're not doing things like that. So he's going to be the guy in the red zone, and I think he's got to get better at getting off the press coverage. When you get down in the red zone, you'll see a lot of that. That's one thing I noticed at camp that he wasn't really an expert at yet. But with his size, guy's 6'6", 6'7", 260 pounds, he's, he's got to have a big year this year. And, and the more Fields improves, the more Komet's going to improve. No, it makes sense that it goes all the way around. And it's funny you talk about O'Shaughnessy and Ryan Griffin. Now, Ryan Griffin, before he went to the Jets, I think he played for the Texans. I, the only reason I – yeah, the, the only reason I bring it up is that you guys, the, those two guys, you and Tyler Croft was another guy. Like, the dudes that we would always talk about in fantasy of, like, one of these guys is popping. What, like, always looking for the matchups. And I know that you're always involved with those players. Like, we're always trying to figure out, like, who's who's going to be the guy who steps up. So it's always funny – uh, when they think about it, because I'm like, Clay Harbor would be good on this team. Like, let's bring him back. Let's bring back, like, like uh, a reunion. I know you guys never really played together, but – or wait, you yeah. played with O'Shaughnessy. But um, but it's cool uh, to see those guys out there, and I love that tight end room. I think they're going to be fantastic, and I think that's one of the things that people overlook when they, when they overlook this team. The offensive line. Now, you talked about Braxton Jones. At some point, you know, we all look at it, and we're like, okay, well, he's practicing at left tackle, but ultimately Riley Reef's going to go play there. But at some point it feels like this feels like it could be the real deal. Do you think, and I know there's a lot of time to go. Do you think that when the season opens, that Braxton Jones is going to end up being that left tackle? I mean, who, who else do you go with Larry, you know, Larry Bloom, or do you go with uh, Larry Borum? Sorry. Or, no. or do you go Tevin Jenkins? Do you get him in there somewhere? Right. I think I think Braxton Jones might be the guy if he keeps impressing. I mean, who who who's his competition right now? Well, they always thought that like Riley Reef would just because he had played left tackle for the majority of his career. Left tackle. Yeah. But then they switched him when he went to Cincinnati, they put him at right tackle. And people are like, oh, you know, maybe he's just there as a placeholder and eventually kicks back over. But it feels like it feels like Braxton Jones is going to be the starter there because he's been playing fantastic, as you said. Yeah, obviously we want to see – I want to see him tonight. I want to see how he does. Um, I want to see him. He probably won't play much in the last preseason game. He only got three this year, obviously. They changed the rules there. But big day for him. I know the starters aren't playing that much. So the crazy thing about it is this is going to – this game is going to decide a lot of the position battles. And yeah, there's only been two games they've played what? The starters are going to play 25 reps total or something? Like yeah, it's not crazy. a lot. This, they haven't got many reps, and then they're going to go into the first game of the year because obviously you're not going to play next week. So this will be a big game for a lot of these guys to get to shake the rust off and then for the position battles. You want to see how the guy can do in a game? You got to do it here. They'll obviously have a couple more competitive periods in practice, but after that game, it starts going downhill as far as competitiveness. You break camp. The Jaguars broke camp today, and I, I know the Bears, and they're, they're moving more towards a game plan style of practice you know obviously there's yeah. gonna be competition periods but you know after this game there's not gonna be many times on the field under the lights to really compete and to see who can win these jobs 
Yeah, right guard is one that's it feels like it's up for up for grabs. Schofield, who again you mentioned, uh, great player. I think that uh, he had one bad play in that preseason game, which of course you know everybody talks about. That's the one thing that gets identified. He was going up against an All Pro caliber player. Like don't don't pretend like he he got blown up by some scrub. Like it, you know yeah. he's you know he's learning or he's not learning, but like it's early. Um, but now we've seen Tevin Jenkins take some snaps at, at right guard. Might get an opportunity Thursday night. He's expected to get an opportunity Thursday night against the Seattle Seahawks. What do you mean? What do you think of that? What do you think of the whole Tevin Jenkins situation? And we saw him return to practice. His press conference is what it was. Now he's playing interior line. What do you think about the prospects of Tevin Jenkins? I know he's he's a popular name right now because obviously he's a high pick, second round guy. And he's, he's got a lot of talent. People want to see if he can play because they know he's got the talent to be out there. I think he's got to show it. He's got to prove it. He's got to have a good game. He's got to show he knows all the calls. He can pass pro as well as run block. And I think he's got a shot. You know, I think Carter's got a shot behind Schofield. I think Jenkins, you know, obviously has a shot. And I don't think it's I don't think it's locked. It's in the bag yet. I think that they're still dis- discovering who they want in that offensive line. So this will be interesting. That'll be one of the things I watched tonight, you know, against the Seahawks. Yeah, probably the most interesting thing left to settle outside of, or at least on the offensive side of the football. Of course, defensively, Roquan Smith still not practicing, still there, not getting fined. Our own Tom, our own, I always say because, you know, the NFL Network connection. Tom Pelissaro of the NFL Network reported that he's not getting fined. Roquan's not getting fined. Are you hopeful? What are you hearing? Is, is this situation going to get settled soon? I know we saw that Derwin James returned to Chargers camp, finally got his deal. Is Roquan going to be able to get that deal done anytime soon? Here's my thing, man. I love Roquan. I think, you know, Roquan's a buddy of mine. I've, you know, I've hung out with him in the city uh, a few times. Um, I think it's a tough situation for the Bears because they got holes. For them to set the market on a middle linebacker, when you got a young quarterback that you want to be able to go out and put people around next year, I mean, it might be hard. I mean, what, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to be uh, Cincinnati Bengals? Look what look what they're doing with Joe Burrow. Look what some yeah. of these teams – I mean, look what the Chiefs do with, you know, with Patrick Mahomes. Do you want to invest all that money, set the market on a middle linebacker? And I don't know. I don't know if you want to do that. Can you get trade value from them? I, I would honestly look into that. And I know Barrett, he's a fan favorite, a great player, one of the best middle linebackers out there. But I don't know that 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 these guys at polls wants to invest that type of money and set the market with the linebacker when he knows he has Justin, just, Justin Fields there that he needs to put people around. He needs to get guys that can play. So unpopular opinion. I think maybe they listen to trade offers and, and they really try to figure that out because when you got holes in your team and your offense needs a lot of work and you want to be a team next year that's just sitting there with a lot of money, you can bring in a lot of guys and really put the team around this quarterback. You know, maybe they're a year away, but do you want to invest that kind of money into a linebacker? So yeah. I don't know. In my opinion, I think maybe you look and you listen to some of these some of these trade offers and see what you can do there. Yeah. A lot of the speculation is that Roquan Smith would fetch a second round pick and maybe another day three guy or day three pick, 
which when we well, listen, when you start looking at some of the picks that Ryan Poles made this season, you're like, gosh, what could he do with an extra second round pick? Because the guys he got in the second round this season are starting to look really good, especially yeah. Jaquan Brisker, who is wow. just out there making plays. It is it has blown me away how good he already looks on the field. And I think one of the most impressive things was the fact that even though Justin Fields got lit up on a slide, Roquan almost injured himself trying to avoid Chad Henney. Or not Chad Henney, but uh, was it Henney? Who was it? The, the Chiefs backup. But like he, he just looks like a seasoned professional out there. How impressed have you been with Jaquan Brisker? Brisker has been very impressive. And Poles, I, I really think he um, – he hit a home run with this guy. He's he's a hard-hitting guy. He can cover. He's quick. He's saying all the right things. He's the type of guy you want on your team. The guy looks like a veteran out there. Like you said, it's, it's crazy. And I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Gordon, Kyler Gordon out there today and Vilas Jones, yeah. see what they can do. And so far, I mean, this has been a great draft draft class because I think Kyler Gordon will be good. I'm looking, is, is Kyler Gordon going to play some nickel? I mean, who they got nickel? You know, Tavon Young. Um, yeah. Jalen Johnson will probably play outside. And then I want to see, you know, Vilas Jones, this guy's really quick. He's shifty. He's going to be a good returner. I want to see how he does in a game situation. I know he struggled catching the ball here and there from what I saw at camp, but so far I love all the picks from bowls. So if you can get a second round day three guy, I think that's something you might have to, you might have to look at if that's how you're trying to build your team. I know he's a, I know Roquan's a fan favorite, but yeah, build for the future. You know you're not going to win a championship this year. I think all even the most hardcore Bears fans can say the Bears are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm sorry, I'm a Bears <laughs> fan. I want that to happen, but the Bears are not winning the Super Bowl this year. Even so even me, even me, the yeah. most ardent Bears fan, I think I can concede we're probably not winning the Super Bowl this year. So then I asked, do you want to invest so much capital into a linebacker? Or do you want to build this team around your quarterback and really show him that you're in his corner and you want to see him be successful? That that's what the, the right approach, you know, would be in, in my opinion. Yeah, it is really one of those situations where when you talk about building around a team, you know, you can even argue like having a great defense is going to help Justin Fields. If you force more three and outs, shorter fields can flip the field in a positive direction for the Bears, that helps. But at the same time, all this stuff has to merge at the right time. Like you want these guys hitting their stride at the right time. And when you think about Matt Eberflus, how successful he has been over the course of his career, finding guys that fit into his system. Now, of course, Shaq Leonard is a fantastic player, but he was a second round pick. Not saying that he wouldn't be fantastic wherever he played, but I think a big benefit for him was playing with Matt Eberflus. And if you get an opportunity to draft another type of Shaq Leonard guy to go into this defense, and of course, the position that Roquan plays is one of the most important for this defense. But at the same time, if things aren't matching up year-wise, it's kind of like why you don't go out and pick up Julio Jones, because it's not, it doesn't fit. Like the timing just isn't correct. So maybe it's one of those things. And it doesn't mean that Roquan's a bad player. We're not turning on Roquan or anything like that, but it's it's the business of football. And you know what? If he was here in camp, and honestly, like he's his left, like that's the that's the problem too. Is that we look at that, but it also is like it's a leverage game. Like you're under contract, you know. You and David, you and David Montgomery are both under contract. 
David Montgomery is in there trying to do whatever he can to extend himself. Roquan is taking a different route. So I don't know. And the Bears have a franchise tag. So it's like you really are sort of locked in for two more years. Either get something done or else perhaps just find a final resolution. Uh, as tough as it might be to see him leave, it is something that is probably going to be considered. Now, speaking of linebackers, this this actually might – not that they're the same guy, but it's like, what about Jack Sanborn? Like, again, and you're talking about Poles' draft class. Here's an undrafted guy who has come out and played fantastic. He was somebody that I noticed when I was at Bears camp. What have you thought about Jack Sanborn this season? I like Jack Sanborn. He's one of these Big Ten linebacker, Wisconsin. He's from Illinois. I think he looked good. He was making plays yesterday. I'm not saying he's going to be able to, to step in and start and be a big-time playmaker. No. But the guy looks good. He doesn't look out of place. He's a Wisconsin linebacker. You know who's an undrafted Wisconsin linebacker that he kind of reminds me of? Just me just going around to camps. T.J. Edwards was an undrafted. Oh. Wisconsin linebacker, and now he's the best linebacker on the Philadelphia Eagles. N'Kobe Dean, TJ's better. Kaiser White, TJ's better. He's Devian Taylor, TJ's better. I mean, these TJ is a guy that doesn't have, didn't have the fast 40, didn't have the vertical jump, didn't have the bench press reps, but he was an all-conference, all-American uh, linebacker. But because yeah. he didn't have all that, didn't get drafted. <laughs> was undrafted, comes in, and now he's a leader of the Philadelphia Eagles defense, one of the best defenses in the NFC this year, uh, arguably. And I think Sanborn's the same type of guy. He's a Wisconsin product. He's smart. He's instinctive, just like TJ. And he knows where he's supposed to be and always ends up around the ball. I just see a lot of similarities between those two guys. So that's what it reminded me of. That's a great call. I hadn't thought about that. I was trying to think of the proper comp. I'm going to steal that. I'm not going to give you any credit for it. No, I'm kidding. I'll give, I'll give you credit. Like, oh, no, no, no. I'll give you credit for that. But that's a great comparison. And it, again, it goes. It just goes to show that the, the evaluations that Ryan Poles is putting out there is pretty good. And I know a lot of people have been talking about, you know, oh, this has been a bad look for Ryan Poles. Look how terrible things have gone. And it's like, I, I, I don't think you're watching what's happening because – and we haven't seen Kyler Gordon. We haven't really gotten a good look at him. But if you just go on Brisker, you go on Braxton Jones, and you go on yeah. Sanborn, you're like, his evaluation skills are pretty good. So if he's a value, yeah. Like, again, like so many of these guys, and I don't want to like – and it's and it's not like – and it's not like these guys are flashing a couple of plays and, you know, we're, we're going crazy for a couple of preseason snaps. But it's something that we've, we've heard about during the practices – these guys have looked good. They go into the games and they sort of back up what we've been hearing. And I yeah. think that's, I think that says a lot about Ryan Poles and why Bears fans should be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, like, uh, I know Roquan's one of my favorite players, but it's like, I'm going to kind of trust the process at this point because I've had no reason not to right now. So I do want to get your opinion though, because you've been down there in Jacksonville so much. And I think there's a lot of similarities between the Bears and the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially that you have second-year second, second year quarterbacks, guys who competed yeah. against each other in college. What's the, what's the comparison between the Bears and the Jags? Where are the similarities? Where are the differences? How would you compare the two teams right now? Honestly, there's a lot of similarities between, between them, and obviously I've been to uh, 
been to Philadelphia as well. I, I so I think Philadelphia. We'll get we'll get to Philadelphia in a second. I want to I want to ask that yeah. too. But yeah, what about Jacksonville right now? Between Jacksonville and Chicago, so there's a lot of similarities. Obviously, got Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, both young quarterbacks. Jacksonville, new coach Doug Peterson. Chicago, new coach Matt Eberflus. I mean, a lot of similarities, bringing a new system. The guys are learning. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of positivity in both places on the field. The, the overall feel in Jacksonville, I think there's more optimism than Chicago as far as from the fan base. But I think on the I think, field, they're- I think that's the fans. I, I think that's a product of the fans. I love the Jacksonville fans. Like, I have not seen, and I listen, I, I pay attention to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'm a fan of Tony Khan and what he's doing with AEW, and I've been a friend of Jacksonville for quite some time. I have not seen Jags fans tweeting out Trevor Lawrence missed throws. Like, no, yeah. it's been all positive. And I and it's not I, I I am assuming he's not perfect, but it's just like they their vibe is like it's it seems more positive. They had the offense had probably the ugliest <laughs> camp practice, even worse than the Bears that I was at two days ago, but it was still positive. Guys are still – Trevor probably threw four or five picks. I mean, he hit some big plays, but it was ugly out there. And I didn't say much about it because I'm like, I don't want to no. be the guy. To you learned ball. your lesson. But, you know, you have Balky complaining to guys. You know, why? why? Because it was, it was after an off day. It yeah. was supposed to be a big practice. They really, they really challenged them physically. It was a hard practice. It was a long practice, but the offense, I mean, they got their asses kicked. It's uh, it was plain and simple. They made some plays. Zay Jones looked good. I love Zay Jones. Zay Jones looked good. Kirk made a couple plays. Ingram, the tight ends, looked okay, but, the, I mean, the pressure was getting to, to Lawrence. He was missing balls. But overall, the comparisons I see, I think these offenses will be better than a lot of people think. I think I don't think that either team will probably win the division, but I think they're going to be competitive within that division. I think that the old lines both are have moving parts. And you got Sheriff over here in Jacksonville is one of the best in the game. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I mean, they got some young guys on their on their line too. Walker Little, Juwan Taylor battling out at right tackle still. Still don't know who's going to play. Doug talking about that today. Similar is Braxton, Braxton Jones going to play. So it's crazy to see the similarities. They're still figuring out some offensive line. You got to feel who the wide receivers are going to be. Who I think it's a pretty similar wide receiver crew. Mooney versus Christian Kirk. Similar numbers. Mooney had a little bit better numbers, um, even though Kirk's getting paid a lot more. A lot Zay more. Jones um, looks the part. Marvin Jones, old veteran, twelve years in the league, still looking good, still making plays. Tight end wise, I give it to the Bears, even though I do love the Jaguars tight ends. So there's a lot of similarities. Running game is closer than you think. Travis Etienne was a guy that impressed me. Not so much that he you can tell he doesn't really want to run between the tackles. He wants to bounce it more. But in the passing game, he's got natural hands. The last guy I played with, I was with the New Orleans Saints. The year they drafted Alvin Kamara. And I remember we're in training camp and everybody's going on about Alvin Kamara. And I, I'm, I've never seen a running back thing catch like that. Travis Etienne has those kind of hands. He can catch and he can run routes. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be Alvin Kamara, but I yeah. played with Alvin Kamara in training camp that whole year, offseason, preseason, saw his exposure, how he became who he is. And I think Travis Etienne has some of those same abilities. 
some of those same fast twitch route running hands catching abilities. I love that. I'm also like putting that in my fantasy vernacular now too, being like, okay, yeah, like that's a pretty good comp because again, like you can be, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm diving into fantasy football, but like Alvin Kamara does not run for a thousand yards, but he's still one of the best guys in fantasy because of his ability to catch the football. So that, that seems like a pretty fair, I like that comparison. Yeah. So the other thing is James Robinson, you know, they want to be healthy for the first game. They don't know. You look at the Jaguars offense. I think they played like 25 snaps, their first team offense. Mm -hmm. Travis Etienne was on the field for all 25 snaps. That tells you how much Doug values having him on the field. Peterson wants him on the field. He knows if you can find a mismatch, you put him one-on-one -on -one in an option round with a middle linebacker. I mean, he's taking candy from a baby. He's going he's gonna to make a play. He's going to make a miss. And when you get Evan Ingram out there, who's the linebacker you're going to guard? Has to guard one of them. Then you find a mismatch, which guy the linebacker goes for. Then, you know, you throw it to him. If it's a man-to-man -man coverage scheme that you're going against. So I really do like the ETN um, fantasy pick, but I would love to – I need to see more, like how much are you going to use J James Robinson, a guy who, you know, could have had 1,000 yards last year before he got hurt, as opposed to, you know, is, is ETN going to be on the field most of the time? Yeah, you read it again. Going back to that comparison with uh, with Alvin Kamara, like he did have Mark Ingram there his first couple of years. So if they yeah. used him in that kind of capacity, uh, that would be that would be something. I want to remind everybody we are talking to Clay Harbor, former NFL superstar, longtime Bears fan. You're a superstar to me. Don't 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 laugh at that. Uh, but I want to remind everybody if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, comment sick. If you're listening on audio, please leave a star review and write sick and let us know that you're enjoying the show And as we continue to march towards the Bears' second preseason game uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. Short week traveling to the West Coast. And by the way, as somebody who lives in Southern California and roots for the Angels, I hate Seattle now. I do. I just, I'm just throwing it out there. I've loved the Seahawks fans for, for quite some time, but now, of course, I hate, I hate the Mariners that's just what I do. But in any event, Clay, so I cut you off uh, when you started talking a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles because I've said over the last, I don't know, month or so, maybe two months, that if there is a, a, a road to success that I would like to emulate, I think that the Philadelphia Eagles kind of gave us a little bit of an answer key last season. You know, young quarterback who was developing, they ran the ball really well. I kind of want to see the Bears follow in that line of succession. What have you seen out of the Eagles this season, and is that a pretty accurate – or is that a fair fair read on the situation? The Eagles are looking good. I, You know, I've, I've seen mixed reviews, heard mixed reviews, watching, listening to all the uh, the camp talk in Philly. When I got there, I go, what? what? This team looks incredible. A.J. Brown <laughs> – Looks great. The guy's huge. The guy's making plays all over the field. Devontae Smith has been, you know, struggling with a couple little small nagging injuries, but he'll be ready to go. Goddard, real deal. I wanted to see him up close. Goddard is the real deal. He can block. He can catch. Hurts. The guy's a leader. He has an aura about him. He leads his team. He's a hard worker. He says all the right things. It's a guy you want as leader of your team. This offensive line, man, I mean, these guys look like some – straight up barbarians out there. They're just moving the moving the D. Um and uh the best offensive line in football in my opinion. Best line in football. Oh. And then you got Quez Watkins who is an underrated 
inside receiver. The guy can ran a four three one in the combine. He is so quick. He had almost seven hundred yards last year um, on a, on a team where Jalen Hurts didn't throw for that many yards. So this team looks incredible. Then you add on Jordan Davis on the defensive line. Brandon Graham, veteran, coming back off Achilles injury, looks phenomenal. You got another. You got Fletcher Cox is back there. You bring in Kaiser White, T.J. Edwards, your starter. You get Nicobe Dean in the third round. You got Darius Slay on the outside, and you just signed uh, James Bradbury, and you got the New York Giants paying half of his salary. <laughs> Incredible. This team. I mean, I don't want to get carried overboard, but I think they're they're a contender to win. I could see them winning the NFC. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't want. To, I think they win, a, win the NFC East for sure. So I'm very impressed with the Philadelphia Eagles. And like you said, this is a roadmap for success with a young quarterback who is not going to just carry your team. You have a strong run game. Guess what? We got David Montgomery and Herbert. Can run the ball just like they did. We got a running quarterback. So, okay, but the, the Eagles had a running quarterback that always skews the stats. In their fit. Justin Fields is faster and more dynamic than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a great athlete. Justin Fields run, runs a 4-4 flat. He's, he's yeah. going to be one of the best guys in the field every every day, the quarterback. You get a good zone read, some quarterback you know, runs, obviously scrambles, along with a good run game with David Montgomery and Herbert. You can set, you can have the same type of deal the Eagles did, and this is why I don't want to invest so much money into one position and breaking the market with a linebacker because you want to get some more receivers. You want to get some more offensive linemen. You want to get some defensive backs and – Instead of just one position, I would like to spread around more and bring in players at all different areas like the Eagles have done. So to me, that's a good roadmap to follow to get to the place you want to get to, what the Eagles have done. As far as Howie Roseman's job, his job's over in my opinion. Now it's, you know, now it's up to Sirianni. Can you guys yeah. win? Jonathan Gannon, you know, defensive coordinator. Sirianni, can you get – you guys got – the best, in my opinion, one of the top three rosters in football. There's just so much talent on that roster. Obviously, you don't have a top five quarterback, but a roster overall, you got the roster to win games. And that's what I want the Bears to do is follow that roadmap. Yeah. And I, you know, and I love Jalen Hurts. And even going into the draft when the Eagles picked him, I was kind of hopeful the Bears would take a shot at him in the second round. Obviously, did not. But the thing is, I would take. Yeah, I would take Justin over Jalen Hurts. And I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I'm not one of those people who bashes him. I think he's a good NFL quarterback. I think Justin has the ability to be a better quarterback. I think he can throw the football a lot better. I think the misconception with Justin Fields is that he's a running quarterback in the guise of like, let's say, Lamar Jackson or anything like that. But I'm like, no, no, no. He's yeah. he's more he's he's more of a pocket passer than you want to believe, who just has the ability to run. Like, yeah. and I don't I don't want to I don't I don't want to directly compare him because Justin Herbert's had a great start to his career, but you know, he's like a, a prolific passer that can run, but he's just faster than guys like Justin Herbert. So I think there's an actual thing. What did you think though? Cause I've been really impressed with Justin Fields and you know, we didn't even talk about Tajay Sharp and the, 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 the catch he made in the first game. Like I, I feel like his throws have been unbelievable. Like people talk about the catch of Tajay Sharp. That's a great throw. The play he made for Darnell Mooney. Chris Sims might have thought that ball was underthrown. I thought he put it in the, the one spot he needed to put it in for Darnell Mooney to make a play. Like, what do you, what do you thought about Justin Fields? 
the the show the throw to Tajay Sharp was was an incredible throw because you see the pressure. I mean, he barely got that ball off. What's more impressive about that is he changed the pr- progression. If you, if you follow Olin Krutz on um on Twitter, he did a great job of pointing that out, and I saw that live as well. He he brought the tight end in, put the tight end in protection. So now he was thrown hot off the outside uh, the slot defender. Said throw hot, had to get it out quick. He got it out quick, and he put it in the only place where Tajay Sharp could make the catch. And Tajay Sharp, incredible catch, but what a throw! That's I mean that's that's a unbelievable throw. You watch that. That's that's like almost made up. Like that's an incredible throw. And then Mooney, it's a back shoulder. I don't understand what's so what's so hard to comprehend about that. If you throw that up and over with the safety. You know, beelining for the sideline, that ball is going to get deflected, broken up, or picked off. He threw it where he needed to throw it. I mean, maybe Sims just doesn't think that Fields has that level of, you know, preparation to where he knows to, to throw it to the back shoulder. But sorry, Sims, you know, Fields is a very intelligent guy that has a good feel for the quarterback position. And I thought it was a hell of a throw, a hell of a catch. That's, that's what I want to see more of uh, tonight. Yeah, it's one of those things too that people get locked. People get locked into their evaluations, and they kind of want to justify why they felt a, a certain way. I think that Dan Orlovsky's at least like starting to backpedal, even though RG three is still calling him out, which is perfect. Orlovsky's at least coming around a little bit. Chris yeah. Sims, Chris Sims is locked in. Like he's not letting this go. He's going to go down with the ship. God bless him. I think he does a nice job. He's got an NBC job that's super cool, but it's like, bro, you can you can make a mistake. Like I, I will tell you right now, like when Justin Herbert was coming out of Oregon, I'm like, I don't know. Like he 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 played in some big games against Auburn, like didn't look great, wasn't completely sure. And then you're like, okay, yeah, actually, this guy is pretty good. It's okay to change your mind. Eventually, you can change your evaluation and be like, okay, and then nobody's gonna think less of you. It's fine, it's not an exact science. Uh, so I I've liked that. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe this is me just wishing this to be the case. And it was it was especially evident on the Tajay Sharp reception. It feels like Justin is getting a better feel for pressure. Like that was perfect. Like that guy was bearing down, yeah. so to speak. No pun intended. Justin didn't flinch, just sat in there, knew he was going to get hit, still delivered a throw. It feels like that is something that he worked on and he's getting better at like, feeling pressure. Yes. Sorry about that. Um, as I remind you, I am in a hotel. No, in, you're in all good. Florida. The housekeeping tried to come in. Sorry about that, guys. But no, I love the pun. Did you do that pun on purpose, the bearing down? Or was that an honest? You know what? I, I, It's it's part of my vernacular, so I think that it just subconsciously uh, emerged. But unfortunately, no, I can't take credit for that. I should be like, right? of course I meant that pun. No, but. I did it. Pun not intended, but I'll take it. And I'm not going to give you credit for it because, you know, yeah. like you said, you're not giving me credit. So, no, it's I think it's, it's like it's like if you hit a drive and you hit the cart path like that. It, like I'll take the result, but I can't take that. That's what I was trying to do. No, that was impressive. But yeah, that to me, Fields was even more impressive than that pun. The fact that he is putting those offensive linemen and getting the protection in the right in the right spot. That's to me that's the hardest part for some of these guys is learning the different protections. And once you learn the protections, then you can take the next step and the next step. And then you're a guy like Tom Brady. You watch Tom Brady play. You will not see a play 
that Tom Brady does not have a shift or a motion. Yeah. Watch him. There will be a shift or motion on every play because he's going to know man or zone. He's going to know what coverage it is. He will start with the running back outside, bring the running back back to the backfield, shift the tight ends, do something every single play. If you're in zone, you're, you're going to have a cornerback out there on the running back. If you're in man-to-man, you're going to have a safety or a linebacker out there on the running back. You're not going to match up. You go a tight end outside, most of the time you're going to have a safety or a linebacker out there on the tight end. You're not going to have a cornerback out there. Then you bring him back. Guess what? Unless they check it, Tom knows right now, okay, this is man, this is zone. No, he narrows it down. Okay, what coverage could it be? We have two safeties deep. It's probably quarters. It's probably cover two, you know, cover six. I mean, what do we got here? One high, cover one, cover three, you know. So that's the next step, and that's the progression. That's like a guy like Tom Brady in the same system for so long. You start doing things like that, and then you see Justin picking up the, 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 the protection so quickly. Then the next step, he's going to start using motions and finding man or zone, and you're going to start seeing where the, where the pressure is coming from. If you move a guy, if you move the left tight end to the right, and there's, there's a slot defender over the tight end, he stays there. Okay, he's probably coming. He follows the tight ends man-to-man. You know, there's just different ways that these quarterbacks, older quarterbacks, do things. They're not, are they just that much better physically throwing the ball than these young guys? No, they're able to cheat. They're able to narrow it down and make the game a lot simpler. So I love to see Justin making that progression. Now you're, now you're picking up the coverages. You're moving a guy in here. Next thing you know, you're going to be using your shifts and your motions and, and picking apart. Okay, now I know what, what's going on out here, and you really get to make the game easier. It's a cheat code for yourself. So I'd love to see that he's heading in the right direction. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things. And then we also, we've seen a lot. And again, there's so many things that go on with learning new footwork and new throwing motion. But I love everything that we've seen so far. I love the interactions that he's had with Luke Getze on the sideline. It feels like he's on the same page with his coach. And uh, with that, though, uh, we're gonna we're gonna send it out because uh, the game is tonight. We want to thank everybody for coming and, and joining us here, getting a little preview of this game with the Seattle Seahawks. Clay, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we really appreciate your time every time, as you see right there at Clay Harbs eighty two. Make sure you're following him on Twitter and Instagram. Clay, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you having me as always, Adam. Uh, it's always a great time to have you and check him out on all the other great shows. There he goes. There's a great Clay Harbor uh, again. Kick off moments away, or depending. Perhaps you're listening to us on Friday or Saturday or over the weekend. Go ahead and calm us and let us know what you thought of the game. But we appreciate you being here. A lot of fun stuff going on. I think the things that we need to be looking for, who is going to win that right guard battle, that seems to be the biggest thing right now. And so, you know what? Maybe maybe Trevin Jenkins ends up being that guy who can take over. Maybe Schofield steps up. But in any event, bear down and Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.